And the opinions expressed during the show are not necessarily those of the staff, management, or ownership of WGCH Radio. Good morning. Welcome to Fashion Friday. I've got a really good show for you today, I must say. I feel like every every show's good, but today's great. Why? Because I'm talking about Fashion Week at Milan, in Milan. So, but more importantly, street style I'm talking about. Um, as we speak, Fashion Week is happening in Paris. So um, I didn't get to see a whole lot of what's going on there. But I did get to see Milan. And uh, a little bit later in the show, I, I decided to share with you my favorite fashion movies. Why? Because I was watching something recently and I thought, wow, this re- really gives me a lot of inspiration. So and then I st- that got me thinking about like all of the great fashion movies. So I'm going to get to that in just a bit. But first, I want to talk about street style. So street style basically kind of became a thing, I don't know, maybe a decade or so ago, not that long ago. And basically, I think it was from Bill Cunningham, who was a very famous uh, fashion photographer and started, he started taking pictures of women on the way into fashion shows or on the way out. And I think that he really put it on the map. I'm That's my opinion. Um, he has passed away recently, unfortunately, but he, there's even a book about him and his photography of the street style. So because this phrase didn't exist, you know, 20 years ago. So for me, I go to New York Fashion Week, but then I always look and see what's happening on the runways in Paris, in Milan, and in London But then I look at the street style because it really produces like a bevy of stars. And um, it's just different. It's a little bit – it's like the circus. It's a little bit of everything. So here's some of the trends that we're seeing. I also noticed that whatever is trending on the streets of Milan and Paris often we'll see here. I don't know why that is because it's not – we're talking about just people. It's not designers. It's not the runaway show. I don't know. I don't know how that happens, but it happens somehow. TikTok or something like that? Maybe. I don't know, but this has happened even before that. I mean, literally, whatever we see – maybe it's just the people that are going because it's like an international crowd. I don't know, but I feel that when we – or maybe it's just people like me looking at the street style and then taking inspiration from that. But there's a huge influence of street style that moves on, and we'll see it, like, more and more. So color blocking was huge. It was everywhere. And it was primary colors. So it was, like, red, yellow, green, blue. Lots of color blocking. Um, Kermit green, as I like to call it. So that very, very green color that we're seeing everywhere. Um, and once again, where did this start? This started about two, maybe three about two or three seasons ago, it was on the runway of Balenciaga. So Balenciaga showed this bright green. It's not a new color. It's a color we know and love. And now that color green is everywhere. So you see, this is why I say pay attention to the couture shows because things that are there then filter down. So this is, in this case, it's a color. And it really has taken off. I I wonder if they call it Kermit Green. No, they don't. That would be good, though. That would be good. Everyone calls it something different. I was in a store, a boutique up in Westport the other day, and um, I had had a sweater in my hand, and I said, oh, I just love this color green, and it was that bright. It's a Kelly green. That's the word I've heard before. Yes, Yes. Kelly green. It's definitely like a strong green. It's not muted. It's not earthy. It's a brighter green. And the owner said to me, oh, yeah, you know, this color is everywhere. And I said, thanks to Balenciaga. And she said, 
oh my gosh, you're right. That's right. You, you know, it, you, they showed it first on the. So this is how it happens. Um, also on the streets of Milan, lots and lots. I saw this in New York too, by the way. Lots of like tone on tone. Everybody was wearing like tone on tone, which I don't always love because I feel like it can easily look boring. It can easily look kind of like you just kind of blend. Um, like if you were doing beige or brown. You got to be careful. You have to mix it up with texture. And then lots and lots and lots of black. And like full head to toe black. I'm like, oh, black is back, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But head to toe black. So designers, um, editors, influencers. I saw so many street style pictures. um, Because if you just put in the search engine, street style Milan uh, 2022 or street style New York, you'll see a lot of these pictures of things I'm talking about. It's all different photographers that would submit their photos that are just kind of out there on the internet. And uh, lots of black on black. So good. I mean, you know, I like to do it with texture, even though I like color. I like whenever you're doing tone on tone to add texture. Lots of cowboy hats. I was happy to see this. Happy. I do need to get a cowboy hat. Yes, you do. I'm surprised you don't have one. That's not what they call it, is it? You talking about a rancher hat? Well, I'm not sure. What's what's the 10-gallon hat called? I mean, who makes the... Uh, I think you're talking uh, about a cowboy hat. All right, no? we'll call it that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, also, lots of button-down shirts. Very crisp, classic. I'm like, I love this. This is a staple. Who doesn't own a button-down shirt? So lots of button-down shirts. And then worn all different ways. So worn with denim and worn with a, a tweed skirt, worn with sequins. It was like a button-down shirt became the base layer of almost every outfit I saw. Even when people were wearing tone-on-tone, someone would have like a button-down shirt and then a vest or a coat or... Um, and then lots of midi skirts. So mid, midi, midway between your knee and your ankle. Lots and lots of that. I think um, that silhouette is definitely here to stay. I feel like that's not a trend anymore. I think that's a look. That, so now, which is good. So now it gives you the option of really long, maxi, or shorter, mini, or a midi. And I feel like there's plenty of people that would say, no, I don't like really long. Long could be hard to wear. Um, or they might say, I don't do short either. So where do you go? Well, the midi is like the perfect solution. I mean, it's just midway. And I think it's, again, easy to style, more practical. It's definitely ageless. You can you can do something that's pleated and flowy or something that's fitted and sort of like a column dress and just straight down. Midi is great. Um, the only thing I would say is we're coming up on the winter months be careful when pairing it with boots because you've either got to you've got to either do like a very very just a shoe or a very short boot or something high up. So if you do did like an ankle boot and then had a midi skirt that hit you like mid calf, there's going to be a weird line. And unless you're super tall or really really long legs, it could look weird. It could cut you at a strange angle. So that's my only um, advice about the midi skirts. Other than that, wear it with anything. I mean, I like to wear it with just chunky shoes or even a sneaker. Um, or, again, if you're going to do a boot, I would do a full, like a knee boot all the way up and then the skirt is over it. And then the most popular piece, I love this, was the oversized blazer. It was Everywhere. I saw so many different versions and variations of this. And I saw it as a standalone piece, you know, younger gals wearing it as almost like in lieu of a dress. Like, okay, she forgot her pants. All right, that's a look. You know, they would have on like tights and maybe like shorts. 
and then or a very short skirt and then a button down and then a huge oversized blazer and some kind of like combat boot you know and that was their look um and then two very tailored pieces but you know that they built the outfit around to more like a suit a suit i saw a lot of suit pieces and then the jacket was very oversized so it was a suit yes because it had matching pants but the jacket was not not your typical traditional suit it was like this big oversized which i love i love an oversized blazer so those were the things that I saw um, for Milan Fashion Week for street style. Um, the shows I'm kind of still reviewing. I haven't seen all of them. I've seen some. I saw Cher did, came out on the runway of one of the shows. Um, In I, Milan? I, yes. Wow. I saw, yeah, she came out on the runway. I don't remember what – I don't know what show that was for, you know, because I saw the snippet on social media. So it's like, of course, I just saw that. <laughs> and then, But I'll have to investigate that. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty interesting. Lots of interesting outfits i must say and and i i love love this time of year to look at street style so speaking of interesting outfits bob oh let's talk about what bob wore if you listen last week bob <laughs> mentioned that he had an outfit that he was going to wear that he had a party he was attending and it was a bit of a theme right and kind of a red carpet uh emmys kind of party okay yeah. and you your i saw your outfit it looked amazing Let's talk about what you're wearing. Um, okay. Well, I started off with a um, a um, jacket from um, tuxedo. Yeah, thank you, mm-hmm. <laughs> tuxedo yep. jacket that I, that I had, and a white shirt. Um, and I didn't have a tie that I liked. Aha! Uh-huh. So I said, okay, I'm going to leave the collar open. But it felt without something else. They needed something else, and I had a uh, um, sleeveless sweater. Uh, a vest? Yeah. Vest, okay. vest. Well, it's not fit. It didn't have a buttons on it, but it... Over the head vest. Yes. Yes. And... Very on trend right now, by the way. <laughs> hmm. Well, I wore that and dark blue jeans with black cowboy boots. Because the theme was what? What did the theme... Was there like an invitation with a theme... With a uh, dress code, rather? No. Well, it was supposed to be... Uh, dressed up. I don't... She, she didn't really say black tie, but... Okay. Something approaching it was the idea. Okay. All right. So maybe black tie optional or maybe some semi-formal. Maybe semi-formal. Yeah. Was it? Yes. Yeah. Because your the host was in a beautiful gown. Oh, yes. Yeah. And all the women were. All the well, women. Yeah. Pretty much all of them were. were and what were the guys wearing? Were they? Oh, well, there was one fellow that had actually gone to uh, Sophia's and picked up tails and a top hat. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and his his wife had on a very gold, very sparkly gold dress, long long gown. So very like Oscars. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Like Oscar theme. Very much. Okay. Yeah. I like that you added the western uh thing to it, the the a little bit of a touch to it. Well, she uh the host of the party. It was her birthday party too. She and I have been talking about Western boots a lot because yeah. she comes from that side of the country, right? And has been back there and offered to get me boots, and I said, no, 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 I, I got to think I have to try them on, really. Yeah. And uh, so I've got to talk to her about a cowboy hat, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's funny because I was saying that um, I love they call it, I guess it's called a rancher hat now, which is slightly different than the cowboy hat. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah. So how how would I describe that? I don't know. It does. It's kind of like it's still wide brim, wide brim hat, but I think the top of it is a different shape, right? A well, they're hat? they're all based on a, a, an old cowboy hat that the 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 more Mexican 
cowboys wore way back in the 1800s. Okay. Early 1900s. Okay. And um, then Stetson came along and kind of stylized it. That's it. And came up all these different styles that are basically the same hat. A very And originally it was a very wide brim hat, almost a sombrero. Yeah. So I just I just Googled All right. a rancher hat mm. for women. And so, yeah, there's a definite difference. So the top of it, a cowboy hat is more like a scoop. I call it like a scoop, like a divot. Yeah. And this is like pointed at the top. Almost right? looks like. A fedora. A, yes. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a hybrid of a fedora yeah. and a cowboy hat. So mm-hmm. wide brim, like a cowboy hat. Doesn't curl up on the sides like yeah. a true cowboy hat. It's just a flat wide brim. And then the middle above your head is more pointed like a fedora. Doesn't like scoop in. But some of them, I mean, it looks like there's some variations of it. Um, this is one that I like. I'm just showing Bob a picture of one sexually available at Zara. That, that looks like a very old-fashioned Stetson-style hat. Yes, yes. St- that's exactly it, Stetson-style hat. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. So I happen to love that. I think that's one of my favorite um, style hats. But, of course, we're loving the cowboy boot this season. <laughs> and I'm happy to see it back. And I feel like, again, that's something that if you own a pair of cowboy boots, don't think, like, they're in or they're out. You know, I think this is like a good, it's just a style. It's a look. And maybe it's not your look or maybe it is. And I also think that more and more it can be worked in with different outfits. I mean, I when I wear cowboy boots, I don't think I look Western at all. Mm. But I'm wearing a Western style boot. I, yes. I like, that's the fun of it. I think I like to change it up and kind of style it with a skirt or, um, usually I'm wearing a skirt because I like to be able to see the boot, not really pants. Yeah, I usually wear like a shorter skirt just above the knee, something like a fit and flare, or I'll wear like a flowy maxi skirt, like a midi skirt. I I guess style can approach a costume sometimes, as long as it's approaching it and not actually meeting it. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I would wear, I have a feather skirt. I would wear my cowboy boots with the feather skirt now that I'm thinking about it. Feather skirt. Yeah. I have a short mini skirt and it's all feathers. It's like marabou feathers. So mini means it's not an awful lot of it then. then, No. So that's good because I was picturing something that was longer and that would be a lot of feathers. Yeah. And that would be a lot and too much. No, it's short. It's not like micro, but it's like Mm. shorter. It's cute. And it's a little A-line skirt and it's black. I would wear that with black cowboy boots and black tights. And then just a very simple top. I do like either a bodysuit or a turtleneck or very, very simple because the attention's going to be on the skirt and the boots. So, um, yeah, I'd wear it. I mean, there's a bevy of ways you can wear cowboy boots. You can just traditional jeans and a, and a shirt, too. Yes. You know. Yeah. So, all right. On that note, we're going to take a really quick break. When we come back, I'm going to talk about my favorite fashion movies that I absolutely love. Great for this time of year. If you're looking for a good movie, I've got movies for you that are all um, very inspirational, and some of them are really good stories. So you don't want to miss that. Stay with us on 1490 WGCH. Fashion Friday with Tina is brought to you by AdCorp Media Group, a full-service local advertising agency that offers a range of marketing, web, social media, and design services for local business owners. At AdCorp, they take your business personally because they know that you do. By learning everything there is to know about how to run your business, the value of your products and services, and who your target is, they'll create a personalized business plan to communicate your message to your audience. They offer logo and branding development, digital and web design, social media management, and more. 
Are you ready to grow your business? Call AdCorp Media Group now at 1-877-323-2677 or visit them at adcorpmg.com. AdCorp Media Group. They'll take your business personally, as personally as you do. Welcome back to Fashion Friday. Okay, so... One of my favorite things to do when I'm sick, when I'm not feeling well, or stuck in the house during a snowstorm, is watch fashion movies. This is like my go-to feel-good thing. You know, some people like rom-coms, some people like westerns, some people like dramas, some people like chick flicks or, um, you know, the ones with always the happy ending. Um, I like a good fashion movie. The only one I can think of is Devil Wears Prada. But I like that that's the only one you think of because I've got a list. I okay. actually had to narrow it down to just 10. I've oh. got 10. Yeah. Um, so here, most of them actually are documentaries, which happen to be my favorite kind of movie uh-huh. because it's informative and, I, you know, I feel like there's always a good takeaway. So um, first on my list is The September Issue. This is incredible. So this is all, this is a documentary. It's about Vogue specifically. And Anna Wintour is kind of uh, the main, the main character, but you know, the main person in the, in the documentary. And if you, uh, I know it's like almost, they're almost obsolete now magazines, but um, always back in the day and still now, but always years ago, the one issue that fashion magazines would, it's kind of like their holy grail would be the September issue because in the fashion world September is kind of the start of a new year for us I don't know why that is but it it just is so the September issue it would be all about fall fashion and as you know fall fashion is usually there's a lot more of it because there's lots of layers and we're talking coats and all kinds of different textures Um, and it also tends to be more expensive than summer and spring because there's just less of it less material less whatever. So fall fashion tends to be just a lot more. Therefore, there's more to put in the magazine. Um, Therefore, more uh, sponsors would want to be in or advertisers would want to be in the magazine. So it would just kept getting thicker and thicker and thicker. So it's so that's basically it. Like if as a model, if you make the cover of the of the September issue of any magazine, by the way, that's a big deal. It's like a real, you know, so The September issue, it's basically just that, the making of the September issue um, of Vogue. It happens they follow Vogue around. And it's just incredible, like, the amount of work and detail that goes into this. I mean, it's really insane and takes a lot of people. So, um, yeah, I highly recommend watching that. It's a great, great movie. Also, The First Monday in May, that's another one. This, I love this I might even I may even love this better than the September issue I don't know this is a hard one for me the uh, first Monday in May is also a documentary and basically if you'd listen to this show at all the first Monday in May is also known as the day that the Met Gala the Costume Institute at the Met Gala opens up their exhibit for the year so the big, big red carpet event that I always talk about that I say is like the Oscars for the fashion world, the who's who, it happens at the Met, and then the day, or a few days after, uh, it's open to the public. And that exhibit, it's always a very, very highly publicized, uh, highly coveted exhibit, uh, opens to the public and is open for the year. Actually, it's not, op- I think it's open until 
it opens in May and then it, yeah I think it closes in like September of the or February of the following year and then it and then it closes for a little bit and then reopens with a new theme. So um, that first Monday in May is when the gala is. So that's when it's all the red carpet and all the famous people. So it's otherwise known as first Monday in May. That's the um, the the day that it opens. So this is a documentary following the curator of the Met. Oh my gosh, it's a different person now, but this person back then. It is incredible, incredible. He goes all over the world. You follow him. He's like flying to India and Egypt, and he's looking at certain pieces because they've got to be museum worthy to bring to the exhibit. Um, So it's pretty interesting what he does. So I highly recommend that. Also on my list is Valentino, The Last Emperor. This is one. Now, by the way, there's another movie called Valentino that's a regular movie, a drama. It's not that. It's just like a, you know, made-up story. This is Valentino-The Last Emperor. This is actually another documentary that follows Mr. Valentino around. So it's basically leading up to his retirement, which happened... Gosh, now I don't even know what exact year. A few few years back, at least five, six years ago now, um, maybe longer, gosh. Um, it follows him around behind the scenes. He's getting ready for his very last show. It's a huge event. It happens in Rome, um, and he has a couple of different uh, things, events happen throughout. That He gets very stressed. At one point, he just says, turn the cameras off, and, mm-hmm. of course, they don't. <laughs> they keep rolling. Um, and it's like how and he's making the the fabric, and he's like, you see all the dressmakers in the atelier with their you know hand stitching things on the models. It's absolutely incredible. Lots of information, and uh, you really get to see it behind the scenes um, of what happens, uh, not just behind a show, a fashion show, but also his life and kind of. You get to see him and his partner. You get to see his cute little pug dogs and his incredible house, houses, but his incredible house in Paris. Oh, my God. I think it's in, is it near Versailles? I think it's near Versailles. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and then he throws a big party, like a little housewarming party. Not housewarming, but a little little party at his a small home in Paris, small by no means. And, you know, like Gwyneth Paltrow's there and Oprah Winfrey's there, just a few friends. <laughs> um, but it's really interesting. I really, I actually cried. It's that dramatic. Yeah, oh. it's really, it's really touching. So that's Valentino, The Last Emperor. Also on my list, Halston. We can't forget him. Halston, this is also a documentary. It's about his life, uh, you know, in the 70s, basically when he was in his heyday during like Wall Street era. Um, and kind of, uh, this is a little sad too, you know, things that happened to him. And I don't want to give too much away, but um, also really good documentary. And then I also have The Devil Wears Prada. So this is obviously more of a drama, you know, mm. film. Um, kind of poking fun a little bit at the fashion industry, but there's definitely some truths to it of how things go. So um, I think if you watch the September issue and then you watch The Devil Wears Prada, you'll kind of have a chuckle. I think you've got to watch it like that or maybe the other way around. Um, so you'll see, oh, I see what they were talking about. Um, stars Anne Hathaway and Meryl Streep. And Meryl Streep does an amazing, amazing, she's an amazing character. She's, it's supposed to be... Uh, a take on the Anna, on Anna Wintour. Mm-hmm. So some people say it's not, but you know it's kind of yeah. I think it is. 
Um, also on my list is Coco Before Coco. So this is a this is also a drama. This is kind of loosely based on Coco Chanel's life. So it's basically when she was younger, she was a young gal, and she started and she was dating someone, um, and his name was Boy, B O Y. And then and she was designing, and she started to design more and more, and she basically took men's clothing as her inspiration. It's specifically her boyfriend's letterman jacket and her boyfriend's clo- her boyfriend's cardigan and then that's kind of where we see the oversized cardigan that's where it started for women it started with coco chanel and she um yeah took her boyfriend's and then the f- there's a very famous bag in a chanel bag well many of them but one of the most famous bags and probably most uh bought i want to say is the chanel boy bag I happen to own one, and it's called the Boy Bag because it's named after her boyfriend. Her, oh. His name was Boy. I didn't know that until about maybe ten years ago. I didn't. That growing. can be confusing. Yeah. Sure. Well, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh. Um. So that's good. So Coco before Coco. It's it's a nice. It's a good film. It's not. Again, it's not fact based, but it's kind of a nice story. And then I also have a McQueen. So this was about Alexander McQueen, and this was made before his death, his untimely death. I want to say that was, gosh, like 2002, three, four, so early 2000s, he passed away. And um, this documentary was made before that. So it was kind of, it was good. It was, oh, gosh, a heart-wrenching story. He was such a genius and so incredibly talented, but struggled. I mean, really struggled, struggled with drugs and struggled with himself and his own demons. So this movie is quite sad, but interesting also. Interesting because, I mean, he's in it and it's made about him. So um, the other one I have on my list, oh, I love this one, Dior and I. This was, I think this came out around 2014. Um, And this was, so it was about, or it was about, 2014 time frame I'm not sure when it came was released but this basically was about at that time the newly appointed creative director who was Raph Simmons at the time and basically he was getting ready to you know fill this this these giant shoes and fill this role and create his first collection for Dior now if you know if you're appointed creative director for any one of these houses that's a really big deal. So your first collection, it's a little like, you know, when you make a professional athlete and it's their first game, you mm. know, first hockey player out on the ice or first football or whatever. It's like all eyes are on you and you better bring it. Otherwise, you're going to get cut. And, and that's exactly what happens in the fashion world as well. What, when does the movie about Coco Chanel take place? Um, it's got to be 20s. I mean, the, she's the 1920s. It has to be. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm not exactly sure, but I, I mean, just thinking quickly about her life, it has to be then. It's okay. pretty early. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because she's young there. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, so that's Dior and I. And then uh, Iris is about Iris Apfel. Love that. Famous interior designer. And then the last one on my list is called The Dressmaker. This stars Kate Winslet, Liam Hemsworth, and is a really good movie. This is a drama. This is, yeah, she's really good. She's basically accused of murder as a child and then comes back to her little village for revenge. But must watch, must see. (laughs) All right, that'll do it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. Join me next week for more Fashion Friday on 1490 WGCH.
1490 and FM 105.5 WGCH Greenwich. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Ian regained Hurricane 1 status Thursday evening on its way up to the Carolinas and bringing with it a record storm surge, flooding and intense winds to their coast, which is under hurricane warning at this hour. After Ian cut through Florida this week, some Florida officials said publicly hundreds have been killed. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis uh, did shelter in place. Uh, as of last night, uh, we've contacted over 20,000 Floridians that filled out a shelter-in-place survey on floridadisaster.org. Ten, th- over 10,000 have responded, and, and all 10,000 said they were safe. Um, and the state sent the first alert late, late last night and are expecting more responses this morning. 31-year-old Gavin Escobar, a former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys, died in an apparent rock climbing accident in California on Wednesday. Escobar and 33-year-old Chelsea Walsh were found by firefighters in the region. The fall took place near Takwish Rock, shadowing Palm Springs, California. Russia struck Ukrainian cities with missiles, rockets, and suicide drones, with one strike reported to have killed 25 people. As it moved Friday to get more seized Ukrainian territory into Russia before the annexation by President Putin takes effect Friday. Iranian citizens flock to the tools designed to help citizens in censorship nations connect to the Internet as their government tries to squelch protests. One IT professional said daily demand for a virtual private network or VPN services in Iran is up over 3,000 percent compared to before the protests. The protests are about a woman and her headscarf.